Hi everyone, this is Aniket. Welcome to another episode of A Little Life, a podcast where I explore the lives, careers and minds of young people from around the world. This podcast is designed for anyone on the path of building a meaningful life for themselves. My guest today is Neha Agarwal. She's a health and fitness professional, a competitive athlete and co-owner of 303 CrossFit Drive, a gym in Bombay. In this episode, we cover so many topics related to overall health and fitness. Neha talks about how she got introduced to CrossFit, which is a specific method or regimen of exercise, and generally chats about her journey so far. We cover the major aspects of physical health in terms of nutrition, exercise, and sleep. Neha is also really active on Instagram, and her profile now has tens of thousands of followers. So we talk about her role as an influencer and related to that, we discuss mental and spiritual health, which has never been more important than right now. So I hope everyone listening can take something away from this conversation. And without further ado, here's Neha. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for joining Neha. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, so, just for the benefit of anyone listening and kind of joining for the first time who don't know who you are, can you give a little background about yourself? Sure. So, I mean, I'm 27 years old. I've been born and brought up in Bombay. Uh, I did my schooling here and stuff. I did boarding school for two years, but I basically studied uh, business abroad for three years and then I came back home and my like my plan in life career wise was to kind of either work with my dad like I, I just never kind of imagined myself doing a job I just I feel like I'm not very good at reporting to other people I like yeah. to be a judge so I just never picked like even though I did internships and stuff that kind of didn't really appeal to me so I started working with my father and that was also not fun and while I was working with my father I started going to a CrossFit gym and I was training there and like I have no like athletic background right like I don't I wasn't into fitness in school or anything did you do any sports at school I just played basketball in high school but that was it like it's not like I was a fitness person all my life it's not like yeah, I grew yeah, up like really, really act- I wasn't one of those people like in fact till 10th grade I was completely inactive eating what I want doing what I want yeah and I went to boarding school and they kind of just threw you into a world where you have to work out like you have to play a sport you have to run it's just part of your routine. Uh, Chinmay International Residential School. So I was there for 11 and 12. And um, basically, it was kind of just forced into my life. But I really enjoyed it. Like, a lot of people hated waking up. at Like, they had to wake up at 6 a.m. every day and go jogging. And, like, people were just yeah. like, screw this. I really don't want to do this. But I was like, cool, this is fun. Like, I actually like running. So it was not so bad. And then I used to play basketball. But still, it was not, like, a very big part of my life. But when I started doing CrossFit, like, I feel like I fell in love with, like, the concept of working out for the first time. Like, I wasn't just doing it because I wanted to be thin or skinny or look good. Like, I found myself going to the gym just because the process of being at the gym was so fun. It was so easy to be there that I didn't feel the need for any other motivation. Like, of course, like, losing weight and stuff always stays in the mix and looking good and stuff. But, like, Mm -hmm. it became more about, like, the fun at the gym. So I think that's like when my life changed and I was like, okay, I love this. And I feel like a lot of other people can also love this. But I think it can be done better. So which is when yeah. I sort of just 
the idea of starting my own crossfit gym eventually got certified became a trainer been running my own crossfit gym for four years now i was going to say four and a half but like the last couple of months have been in lockdown so right been just online stuff now so yeah that's roughly what i do now that's insane and your uni was in the uk you were at exeter right i was at exeter correct what were you studying business just like business management i'm sure that's helped na right now uh i don't know if i the thing is that i i genuinely believe that like a lot of what we study like does not really help i like i wish i could work a little bit first then study a little bit yeah. and then come back to work a little bit like i feel like that could teach me a lot more than just directly studying because like i feel like a lot of concepts were like thrown at us and i was just like okay this is cool but like what do i do with it like yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. understand <laughs> and then when you actually need it later you don't really remember it so i i mean i wouldn't say that i didn't learn anything i'm sure i learned a couple of things from college but i feel like the stuff i learned was more from being active in like societies and communities and stuff than it was in like actually like just getting shit like done yeah yeah oh fair that makes sense and then and then what was it like when you moved back after uni like you were going to join a family business So I joined my dad for a year and my dad manufactures metallurgical coke so it's a very like technical industry business his factory is in Gujarat so I worked with him for a year like to the point where like I would go to the factory I would I'd go to Gujarat stay there for a couple of days by myself spend time at the factory hmm. so we basically import coal manufacture it into coke and then sell it to like big and small industries <laughs> but the thing is is first of all the business is not it's not really big and it's very set in its ways Yeah, like it's like there are already people in charge of what they're doing, and I feel like also being the like the boss's daughter is very like you're kind of like I don't know Molly Coddled and looked after too much and like nobody wants to give you the real work. Yeah, so yeah. So like I feel like I, I and I I'm very like I hate not having work. Like I cannot sit free. Like I like to be doing something all the time. Like are you always restless or something like that? I wouldn't say restless. Not anymore. but i feel like i just i feel like i have a lot of ideas and i'm very like a hands on person i'm not just one of those people who has ideas and then like i need someone else to implement like if yeah, i have yeah. an idea i will do all the detailing myself all the implementing myself like i'm super into that hmm. and like my dad's business i just that that room was not there like the room to like implement stuff was not there for me to get involved and i don't know maybe if i had stayed on i don't know things maybe would have changed but like i just never developed an interest and i developed more of an interest in crossfit and i feel like starting my own business from scratch and like growing it has like taught me i think invaluable life lessons which i don't know if i would have learned if i like stayed on with my dad yeah so true do you feel like this uh, kind of need of yours to see everything through from scratch is why you had to start your own gym do you think that that has any value or oh. versus joining someone or yeah cuz i feel like um, I feel like a lot of the things like the CrossFit gym that I worked at before I opened my own. Mm. I feel like uh, a lot of the things that happened in the gym, like I loved the concept, right? But the concept was not their concept. It's a worldwide concept. Like CrossFit is just a concept that is created in America, and a lot of gyms have like taken the affiliation, and you pay a fee every year, and you use that idea. Of mm. course, there's a lot of flexibility in how you use that idea because it's up to you how your gym runs and the specifications of it. And like the more I saw that gym. the more i was just like i can do this better like it's not yeah. that hard it's not rocket science it's just about like and i feel like what, but i i would never change how it went down so i feel like i'm really happy that i was just a member at a gym 
for like two, two and a half years before I opened my own because that gave me a lot of perspective on what members want, right? Usually sure. you start off with a business where you're directly in the position of either selling it to people. So you don't know what the other side is thinking. But yeah. I feel like, yeah. yeah, so being a member made me realize that these are things that members would love, it would really help the business, but it's not being done here. And if I had a gym, I would do a better job. I think coaching came into the mix very much later on because like initially I was just like, but how can I coach? You know, like I don't know anything about fitness and like who am I to train people? But then like, of course, my business partner, Vishish, who I own the gym with, like my two of us, mm. he was super supportive. Like he was super like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. I think you should coach. You'll be a good coach. Get certified. So it started off more with the thing that I just want to own and run a gym. And then eventually, of course, coaching became an even bigger part of my life. That's insane. Okay, yeah. So let's let's actually take a step back then and like talk about your journey from maybe getting introduced to CrossFit as a concept. Or did were you working out before CrossFit or was this like your entry into the fitness so, space? It was literally five days after I came back from university, I joined CrossFit. <laughs> oh damn. Okay, okay. So then you you came back home and then five days later you went for your first CrossFit class. And I had a CrossFit gym, yeah. And I was like, I'm in love. Like, it was literally like falling in love for the first time, right? Like, I walked in, I did my work, and I was like, wow, that was awesome. Like, I love this. So, I signed up for a month first. Huh. And I remember when my month was getting over, the receptionist there was like, uh, do you want to just convert this to a longer membership? And I was like, yeah, I think I'll just take the annual. And then I just yeah. switched to an annual. And that was it. Like, I don't think I've ever looked back and been like, oh, I don't want to do CrossFit. Like, I've always just done CrossFit. So how do you go from really liking this something to going like, I'm, I'm just going to start a gym? I mean, you mentioned that you went to a gym and you figured that you could like, you know, do it yourself. But what, yeah. like, was it a flip that switched? Was it a gradual um, kind of it was. I think it was definitely gradual. Like, I wouldn't say that it was just one day I woke up and I was like, I have to open a gym. I yeah. think the idea was in my head. But like, you know, like, I feel like we're, we have a lot of reasons to, like, doubt ourselves in life. Like, we're just like, but can I really do that? So, I, yeah. I feel like I was going through that in my head a lot. Like, can I really own a gym? Because, like, you, if you picture that what someone else is doing because you've never done it before. It must be really hard. It must be just incredibly difficult to understand and how can I do it was, like, the thought process. And then, um, when eventually I, I, I had to choose between whether I want to work for my dad or what I want to do with my life. Hmm. And uh, so I had applied to ISB for the family business management MBA. Right. And I got my acceptance letter and I had to just like click on accept. And so the counselor who had like kind of helped me with my application process, I went back to him and I was just like, and he was like a young guy at that point. Like he was like, I was 22, I think. So he was 27 or 28. And he was like, um, so my age now, basically. Hmm. So he was like, okay, so what's your plan? Like, are you going to accept this? And I was like, no, I don't want to. And then he was like, okay, but why? What do you have in mind? And I was like, mm. I want to open a gym. And he was just like, oh. And I was like, yeah, I want to open a CrossFit gym. And then he was like, and I was like, I was like, I've actually, and at that point, I think the idea had come to my head, but I, I didn't think I was capable of like doing it all by myself or like, like starting from scratch. Mm. So I had kind of made an offer to the owner of that gym to buy it from them because the owner of that gym was not a crossfitter. Like they want a they want a coach themselves. They want a fitness expert. Okay. They're just someone who owned a business. Okay. So okay. I was like, okay, so they may not be emotionally invested. It might just be like a business investment. 
So mm. maybe if I'm willing to pay the price, like they might be. So I'd ask, spoken to my father, and my father like is very like supportive. He's very like, if you think you're gonna work hard, you want to do this, I'm behind you. Even if I don't get it, I'm behind you. Okay. So he was like, sure, let's like, talk to her about it. So when I when I approached them, I didn't get a very positive response. Like mm. one is that you don't want to sell it, and the other one was like, a, it was a very like it was a very nasty conversation that went down. So I was just like, okay. So when I went to my counselor Akhil and I I told him about this, mm. he was just like, but. Why do you want to buy the gym? And I was like, because like it's already a brand. He's like, screw that. Make your own brand. Make it bigger. Make it better. Why do you want hers? Yeah. So I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. I just, I guess I didn't have the confidence that I can start it from scratch on my own and it'll still be good. Like I wasn't sure of that. So then I started exploring the idea. Like I was working by myself at that point. Like coming up with like. The kind of equipment I need, who my coaches could be. At that point, I wasn't a coach myself, so I was like, I'll have to hire someone else to be the head coach. Hmm. And while I was doing that, one of the, my coaches who worked with, who, who was my coach at that gym, who's now basically my business partner, Vishesh. Right. Um, okay. He was from a very similar background. He also has a family business that he also wasn't interested in. I mean, he hmm. works there now again, but he wasn't interested in back then. So he had also become a part-time coach just because he he just wasn't happy with his work life. So he wanted to do something he enjoys, and so it just struck me. I was like, why don't I just ask him? You know, like mm-hmm. why don't we do this together? So I approached him, and he was like, cool. Like we can explore the idea. Yeah. So uh, we started working out like the because financially we both were willing to put in fifty-fifty. So we were going to be equal partners. And now it was just a matter of fact that do we get along? Like are we can we work right. together? The good thing is that the actual process of planning, finding a space, and opening a gym took us one year. Like I may have seen, I think over eighty or ninety spaces in Bombay before I find there's a space for my gym. Is that a long time or a short time? Uh, the I think it was quite long. Like I think okay, we initially fair, started fair. off thinking we opened up in yeah we opened up in three four months is what we had planned, but it right. took so long yeah, because yeah, most yeah. of the spaces didn't meet our requirement. They were too expensive. Or two in a shady location. In the meantime, we kept planning our equipment, our this thing. So a lot of time went into planning, which made us spend a lot of time together as people. And then that's when we realized that we can definitely work together. Like I feel like till today, I would say that our like our relationship is like super synergistic. Like we really add value to our business in very very different ways. Like as as people, we're actually completely different to the point where sometimes I'm just like, why are you like this? Like right, <laughs> okay. I'm the person. Shows up for every meeting five minutes early, and he's the person who's always twenty minutes late. Got so it. Sometimes it can be a little bit annoying, but like in the sense that like I'm such a control freak, and I want to have like control over every single thing. And he's a very like I trust you. You decide. Do your thing. Like he won't interfere. He doesn't get upset with me for like making decisions without even asking. So in that sense, overall, I think our, our relationship worked out really well. So That's I'm like glad that yeah, we took that. Yeah, because my father was like. Super against it. He was like, "Why do you want to do partnership? You will fight. Don't do it. Start your own thing." Like he really yeah. scared me a lot. So I was just like, "No, no, no! I can't do it on my own." Because Vish is like, still today, he's a better coach than I am. He's a bigger expert than I am on fitness. Hmm. So I feel like what I learned from him in that sense, I could not have done by myself. But I am the person who can actually organize, implement, get things done the way they need to be done. So in like we, I think we managed to build a pretty decent business like, together. Yeah. See, friends is one thing, acquaintance is one thing, and working is a whole different thing. Like you have different, I think, criteria for everything, uh, especially depending on how close and how much time you're right. going to spend together. 
when money is involved and when like a business is involved and there are a lot of people at stake there uh i think the most important thing to me is like the character of the person and how ethical they are in their dealings with others so one thing is that like how a lot of people are like oh that person cheated that person but they won't cheat me mm. i don't believe in that like i'm like if someone has bad and low standards and they're going to cheat other people they're going to cheat me too yeah so i just know that's a big no so if i meet someone who's a very like you know those how you say in india like a jugadu kind of attitude ki karwa lenge dekh lenge you know yeah, yeah yeah i don't i don't like that like i'm not comfortable with that it makes me very uncomfortable like i feel like for some people that works very well for me it does mm. not because i've always seen my father following the rules doing things particular way and i think that that was the biggest criteria for me in my head to judge fish to decide if like this is someone i can work with and i feel like that's where we knew we can work together because both our fathers are similar in their business dealings and i think we both got it from our parents where we're just like no uh, like for example like i remember a lot of times at the gym we have like events where we like celebrate the gym birthday and we want to have alcohol at the gym hmm. we could very easily just serve alcohol for that one evening without getting permission and get away with it yeah you know like and a lot of people are like why do you want to spend 15000 20000 rupees in your license just do it yeah. just things just do it yeah. but like vision i were both like no way like i don't okay. care if it's one drink or half a drink or 20 drinks or 100 drinks we have to get a license so i feel like a lot of those things even we were dealing with like renting a space do we have an official agreement a lot of like brokers were like yahan pe karoge to unofficial mein ho jayega you know and you yeah. can get the work done but we both were just like no we like we want proper paperwork so i was like okay this is the guy at least we may not match on every idea but we're not going to cheat each other but values like, are on on the yeah, Value system is very important. So mm-hmm. I think that that was my main judging criteria, which is why even though my father was concerned, I was like, no, this guy is a nice person. So even if the business fails, he will not cheat me, and I will not cheat him. So it's okay. There's sometimes I I'm worried about this because I feel like even I'm the same way. But you know, in a place like India or Bombay, where the mindset is so cutthroat in in a bunch of different ways, do you feel like there's a risk of you know, for lack of a better word? a way of putting it nice people nice guys nice girls finish last kind of attitude where yeah, yeah. like you know how how do you think about that how do you deal with it like you could have gotten away with okay so yeah so like if i if i put that into perspective for my business hmm. like for example there are a lot of businesses that like market their products like a lot of gyms and fitness uh, organizations and market their products and stuff to say that it's specifically aimed at weight loss and fat loss mm. even if it's not right like they they lie and they get more sales than probably my business because they they say stuff like that mm. and i like even even with our workouts like for example we are very very like scientific up with the way we plan our workouts right we don't just like oh this seems like a fun workout so put it in we're not like those kind of people we're very mm. like oh monday we did this so wednesday we should be doing this and then four weeks from that we can try to introduce this new thing Like we really think about our workouts, hmm. and sometimes, like you know how you know when you, when you do a workout, you're like, oh, I want to feel really sweaty and tired and amazing. Like people have this attitude that they always want to just like die from the workout, and only if they are dying, then they're doing a good workout. Yeah, yeah. So it's easy to feed into that feeling that people want, just so you get people in your business, like to just to so just so you get customers. but we know that it's not actually good for their long term fitness and health like as train as a good trainer who's like educated on the matter you know that that's not what you need to be teaching them you need to be educating them on the concept and giving them what they really need right so i feel like there there have been times where i'm just like 
dude, I could just easily have more customers if I just did that. You know, like yeah. I could just lie and create a program which kind of feeds this act, this uh, what people want. It's like want. clickbait culture almost. Exactly, exactly the clickbait culture. Correct. I feel like one book that really helped me with this and like figure out what I want was uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Okay. I feel like it's one of the best books that have ever been written. Like really, like, I feel like it's a must read. Like people should just keep it by their bedside. So when I, I and I'm not an avid reader, like I'm not super into reading, mm-hmm. but like I I started getting into like self help books and like like philosophies and stuff because like this is interesting, like it's gonna help me with my life. Yeah. So when I started reading this book, like my mind was blown, right? Because for once, someone was not telling you a way to just make more money or just some shortcut. It mm-hmm. was just like genuinely long term life philosophy, and he. I remember this one chapter where he talks about this thing where um, he's like, close your eyes, imagine. that you're at a funeral everybody that you know is there they're all you're mm. passing them all by and uh, at the end of it you realize it's your funeral you're the one yeah. who's died and then four people from your life will come up like one from work one from family one from friends one from other i think it was something else i can't remember what come up and they say something about you mm. what would you want them to say like how would you want it to go down for you at the end of it and then work back from there Right. Yeah, so, like, yeah. is my life goal to look back and be like, "Oh, I sold more memberships to more people," or that I maybe worked with only one fourth that number, but I actually made meaningful changes to their lives? Which means that I may not have all the. Let's see, I'm also like an Instagram influencer, mm. so I feel like that becomes a bit of a like. You're always like feeling like you're being compared, and you're like out there, and like people are watching every single thing you're doing, mm. and you and a lot of people are like. you can easily grow your business you have the reach you can do this you can do that and it's very easy to get carried away right like be like oh i can offer so many things but like it comes down to like i want balance in my life my first of all my life is not just about my work there's a lot of other aspects to my life that i want to balance out evenly and if that means that my business will not be the biggest business in india or it's not going to be some super big listed company or i'm not going to have massive investors maybe i'm okay with that right like so i feel like Yeah, I feel like that's. I think that's what you just need to ask yourself. What is your end goal? The difficulty also comes in not knowing the answer to the question. What is your end goal? So I think if I'm being absolutely honest about this, like I don't want to make it seem like I've got it all figured out and like yeah. I'm totally chill about being an Instagram influencer. I feel like of course there are days like you're on Instagram and there are like of course like peers who are very similar to me, right? Like people who are in that fitness influencer genre, like either they own a gym or they're fitness trainers or they're nutrition experts and stuff. Mm. Like we've all grown together. We've all like started our Instagram accounts at the same time, had the same kind of following, very similar following, who like tag. Like so, we've also become friends with each other through Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. So it becomes hard to sometimes not compare yourself. Like yeah, like for example, like let's talk about the two weeks where like recently when my family had Corona and we were all like in quarantine. My mother was sick; she was in the hospital. We mm. had online classes going on. I'm still trying to run my business at the same time. I'm still trying to be a good influencer because the important thing is that like I think what happens with influencing is that we're all scared to show the. not so great parts of our lives right mm. like everyone sees me like busting out like pull ups and push ups 
but nobody sees like on a day on an evening that i'm stressed up my mom in the hospital i'm like downing brownies just to make myself feel better yeah. and they don't see that part and it's awkward to share it also like it's awkward to like put up a picture of yourself like downing brownies and be like yo i'm sad i'm eating cake i love the idea of downing brownies <laughs> yeah i was though so i like i feel like i it was a very and i'm a, i'm a very emotional eater usually like i feel like i if i'm in a good mood i want to eat to celebrate if i'm in a bad mood i want to eat to make myself feel better and mm. obviously that's something like i've recognized and i'm trying to fix but like on instagram it's very hard to share that part of me because it's a very sensitive thing plus you keep looking at what other people are doing so during those two three weeks is like i see other people they're like working out amazingly and they're cooking their food and they're counting all their macros and they're doing really well yeah then you start to feel like Am I not a good influencer? Like, am I not a good fitness professional? I'm not doing it as well as she is. I'm not doing it as well as he is. Mm. Like, they're all so ripped right now, and they're all so like eating perfect meals, and I'm not doing that. And definitely on on a bad day, like if you're anywhere having a bad day, something went wrong with work or home or other some other relationship, and then you're back on that Instagram, you just naturally spiral into a sort of um, comparing yourself to other people and just feeling like you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that happens to me. it happens to me i would say that it used to happen to me a lot more earlier it's definitely reduced but it still happens but i feel like i think that eventually i ask myself is that what am i using instagram for like what's the purpose of having this platform in my life and what do i think my role as an influencer is right because there's no fixed role everyone has a different reason they're on instagram everyone has a different business they're trying to sell so there are people who purely opened up started a profile to sell their business and that is their main goal they're mm. on instagram because they're a business and they want to sell that in my case i was not at at all like i i had a private profile for very long um i started working out and i was sharing my videos on my private profile there a lot of friends messaged me and they were like dude if you're going to do this as a business you should consider opening your profile up because your videos are really cool and inspiring it might work you know like my mm. people might follow you and it did like i literally have never been someone who's like studied how to like get more followers or like how to put in the right hashtags i've never done that my my yeah. profile is super organic like whatever's on it is very like not thought out is just like whatever i feel like i do so when i opened it up suddenly there was this influx right like i remember like i would literally jump like 10000 followers a week sometimes and i would be like what the fuck like how is this happening like how yeah. am i getting so many followers because i'm not paid anyone to get the followers And I guess that also Instagram's algorithms keep changing, right? Like suddenly one week you are getting like three thousand followers, and next week you are getting like nothing, no traction on your profile. But that's insane. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so I I literally went from like just casually opening my profile to having a lot of followers, mm. and also because I mean I get it. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's just because you're a girl. It's just because like you're wearing a sports bra in your videos. You know that boys mm. won't get followers so easily. And I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. No shit, boys won't get followers easily. because uh-huh. how many boys do what i do but how many girls do what i do okay right, let's right. let's start in the perspective right how many girls you know who lift lifts weight like weight like me who moves like me who super into fitness like me much lesser mm. how many boys are like that a lot more because it's just something they've been like boys have been encouraged to be stronger and fitter forever girls haven't been so yeah. it's natural that people are going to want to follow me because i am unique in my pool of uh, people for sure but for The boys there are many of those, so you're like, okay, this guy's cool, but I don't. He doesn't give me enough information, so I want to go to different guy. Yeah, you're spoiled for choice, man. Yeah, and from the first day that I opened up my profile to now, things have changed a lot. 
like of course now there are a lot more girls who are super into fitness and it's really cool like i feel like it's super inspiring for me also because i, I remember there was a time when i didn't follow that many girls who were like uh super fit and super into like showing their lifestyle on instagram and it's changed a lot so that's mm. great but uh, i didn't start it for that reason like i started it for just sure, to share yeah. my journey and see and i think for me it still in a way remains that i wouldn't say that it's not a business thing for me anymore because i started my gym and of course having a lot of followers on my personal account helped me to draw people to my gym mm-hmm. but it's not the only way like for me i don't think of instagram as the only way to do everything in the current world scenario with the lockdown of course it's a even more important tool than it would have otherwise been but mine is so specific and so niche that i don't need that i just need people who get what i do mm-hmm. love it and then they automatically tell their friends and family come check it out it's awesome so that is a better source for me anyway now of course if i'm looking at expanding my online business i have to use instagram as, as a tool but i feel like i need to draw i always like to draw the line and be like my business and my work and the kind of money i make does not define me completely mm. those things are very fleeting today you're amazing you're the best where you are and the next day it's gone someone's better someone's doing a better job and if i want to link my self worth to that following and that instagram and the success of my business all the time there's no like there's a, it's a sure sure recipe for failure because there's going to be a day when bad times come and because my self worth is linked to it it's just going to drop it's just going to be like oh i'm worth nothing because my business has failed so sure. i think my self worth needs to be linked to multiple things and of course most importantly just to myself and nobody when else. it comes to things like this in terms of life and career and like these kind of lessons and insights um you know there's a there's a risk of talking about things intellectually versus experientially and there's also a temptation to say this you know the the stuff that you're talking about right now is there something that like um uh, think of a way to put this is there, is there a way that you arrived at this like how is this how do you keep reminding yourself of this because i can say this to someone right now and still go and look at how many likes you know i'm i'm getting and it's a very different thing in terms of intellectual versus experiential knowledge okay so this is something about myself that i don't tell everybody like because mm-hmm. i feel like it's a very personal thing and i don't like to share it necessarily with everybody but um uh, like i went to the chennai international residential school right it's a it's a mission like it's like a it's like a religious mission the, the mm. school so um it's also a much bigger organization because my mom is part of it my whole family has been a part of it for like 15 20 years so the organization has a lot of different factions to it like some cater to our age mm. uh so there was one of my mom's uh, colleagues in the same organization who's also like a south mumbai based mother and like she is also part of the organization but like she gets my life and she gets like how we live and what we do mm. it's not just some like i feel like sometimes when you like you look at like a swami or like some saint who's speaking mm. just like this dude doesn't get my life yeah like i don't want to hear what he has to say i don't care like yeah exactly but when someone who like like her daughter is my age she they live in south mumbai so they they get what's happening they, it's yeah. not like they uh, away from my kind of life and at the same time they're still part of the religious mission and they're still learning from it and like i feel like my mom i've seen her personally benefit a lot in her life from it 
like even when times are bad and stuff she doesn't shake easy like she's really calm and cool and like she's got her principles in place plus mm-hmm. in general in life she's a real stand up person like she does not care what other people think most of the time mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and i feel like that, that that came to her because of being part of the mission and like because of studying um, the gita and other religious things mm-hmm. so i've also been like i wouldn't say as regular as her but like at least during the lockdown has become regular but weekly like on sundays we have like a one and a half hour class where we read like a book and we kind of have a discussion on it it's like a bunch of girls at like 9 10 of us and okay. so our teacher discusses it with us so i feel like it's so easy to like see working out is one part of it like i'm fit fit physically great awesome yeah food is great again helps me with my health then there's work life and personal life great but like what about time for myself and for my own mental development and i feel yeah. like i think i've gone through a lot of anxiety like in the past like i've had like really really bad phases back in high school and even later on through college and sometimes even like after starting my business where like i just genuinely spiral a lot and i go through a very like bad period where like literally for weeks at an end like i would struggle to like eat properly or like i would always burst into tears very very easily like i would get very emotional about a lot of things Mm. and it would just consume me mm-hmm. and i think that those instances made me realize that like if i keep pushing away like my mental health and my like intellectual development for a later day when i'm older mm. that day may not come and it might might be too late like i might genuinely lose i would not say lose my sanity but maybe like not be able to fix these issues eventually so yeah. that is a, like the, for me the crux of it all is like if i can't help my see the thing is helping your mental health i think is a very slow and boring process which is why it's very easy to shove it at the back and be like okay screw it, i don't want to do this and i don't want to do that and i'll do it later when i and there's no way to track progress as well exactly exactly it's it's hard i would say to track progress yeah. like it's hard to see how you've improved and uh, but this this class was one way for me to constantly come back to it like see i, I wouldn't call myself an extremely religious person or anything Hmm. but like i believe that if like if the bhagavad gita is something my mother has like been studying a lot of people around me have been reading and studying and if it's helped them to live a better life i'm willing to give it a chance yeah and like like you said there's no way to track uh, the progress necessarily for it but i would say that for me uh, i think like a, like this time in during the lockdown when like my gym almost closed down like we lost the space but then we kind of got it back because my dad was just like pay rent or leave so there was a lot of drama about it so i put it up on instagram also i guess you missed that post and stuff uh, yeah, that was i would have missed that yeah, there was a lot of traction like i got like i had a gazillion people commenting on it and so many people messaging me personally it hmm. was really moving like if you if you actually if you follow the thing it was quite crazy because it's like i posted that i'm losing my gym and when people found out like the crossfit organization in america did a fundraising for my gym to bring money to save us and uh people from my gym who are my clients called up my landlord personally and told him that why are you doing this so mm. a lot of people helped out without me even asking directly for help so it was it was really amazing to see what wow. happened yeah yeah but through all that i feel like i was just super cool headed like like normally the the usual anxious me would have just spiraled and been like oh my god and mm-hmm. this is the worst thing that could have happened this i built this from the start and i'm losing it but i was super cool headed super practical and i remember the first day my landlord called me and said that okay then you should just give me your notice and leave hmm. i remember speaking to my business partner about it and like my friend was my best friend was sitting right in the room that time like she's my neighbor as well and she was watching hearing me talk 
and she's like you did not seem like emotionally overwhelmed or like breaking down or being like how can this happen like you were able to like separate the emotional aspect of you and the business owner aspect of you and make calls about mm-hmm. it like mm-hmm. make a decision and for me i think i was a massive indicator that i was like oh wow like when i think about it in hindsight the the old me would have definitely spiraled yeah. but i didn't do that like i was able to calm down and i i i think i can very easily attribute that to like working on my uh, spiritual and mental development mm-hmm. completely agree uh so let's let's talk about health and fitness now for a little bit in terms of i want to touch on the working out aspect as well but also a big part being the nutrition and actually let's let's start with nutrition in that sense do you have any ways to think about nutrition in terms of let's let's assume that listeners of this podcast um are not familiar with what macros are and how does that kind of fit in with our everyday life and our workout can you give like a small primer into how health and nutrition kind of go together okay so i would say that nutrition is the basis of like physical health hmm. i think mental health is a very important aspect but that's separate from this so i think uh, nutrition is the basis of it this is a very very uh, common misunderstanding i think in the world especially in india also that people always walk into my gym and i remember the thing is that i'm a very i feel like i'm a very honest and frank person and sometimes that doesn't work in my favor right. because like i'm trying to actually help the other person but they end up thinking that i i'm not giving them the answer they want so like mm. people will walk in and be like okay i'll take the monthly plan but will i lose 5 kg you know yeah. and it's very easy for me to just be like yeah you lose it like what what do i have to lose to say mm. that you know like i'll get a customer but like i know for a fact that that's not true like I know that joining my gym does not guarantee weight loss. I know that joining any gym does not guarantee weight loss. Yeah. Right? To to lose weight, it's simple. You have to eat lesser calories than you're burning in a day. But that's the simple concept that people don't want to sort of accept or they don't want to spend the time studying. Right? So it's losing weight is everything to do with food and not so much to do with exercise. Mm. Of course, exercise aids because you'll burn more calories. and you if you build muscle mass your bet- metabolism will naturally increase so you'll be able to like uh, burn fat more easily and things like that but food is very very important goes hand in hand hmm. so like i i i remember people coming in and being like okay my wedding is in like two months so i want to join your gym to lose weight and i've literally been like don't join yeah. like you should not come here this is not the place you're going to lose weight find a good nutritionist and work with them yeah. and lose your weight like i remember telling people this earlier Mm-hmm. So um of course eventually then I was got very interested in nutrition so I I went and did like the precision level nutrition one course so I'm not a, I'm not a dietitian I'm not an official nutritionist but mm. like I'm studying nutrition a lot more because I feel like that and my business go hand in hand like training and nutrition 100% because then I'm able to get people that result of weight loss while still getting them stronger and fitter at the same time yeah so I think I so so now I have to simplify that and put it in easy words mm. I would say, I've and again putting it simply doesn't really help because people still won't be able to use this. But I'll just put it easily. Easily, eat like CrossFit sentence like their 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 simple line on nutrition is eat meat, vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch and no sugar. Okay. That's literally what CrossFit says for nutrition. Like that's their one very famous sentence, right? And like say it again slowly. Yeah. Eat meat, vegetables, meat, vegetables, yeah. nuts, and seeds. 
some fruit little starch and no sugar okay fair 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 okay now hmm. of course uh, there are obviously a lot of questions when you think about that and again in india this sentence doesn't really work because a lot of us are vegetarians so hmm. what happens with the eat like what do i do and they say little starch but everything we eat is starch exactly so i think that's the biggest starch. question yeah so so how do we really do that in india so i feel like first of all we have to understand that this sentence was said by someone who's in america lifestyle mm. different genes are different okay everything doesn't work the same way and also we have to kind of uh, i think food is not just something to like nourish your body it's also social experience right we mm. meet people for meals we hang out with our family over meals we bond over meals mm. so we need to understand all aspects of that now of course i can eat certain things in a particular way and get ripped or get lean or get whatever i need to get mm. but would that can that be balanced with the other aspects of my life so my general advice to indians is eat your roti and sabzi no problem the biggest thing lacking in your diet is protein right mm. protein is very easy to undereat especially in india because a lot of people are not vegetarian not vegetarians mm. so i would say that have a look at how much protein you're having at every meal and educate yourself on what protein sources are so like common thing is like oh what, do we, what did you have for protein for lunch i had dal right mm. but dal is not really a very high protein source it's actually a much higher carb source a much low protein source mm. but you don't know that so you didn't know any better so you were eating bowls and bowls of dal thinking i'm eating protein yeah. but you were actually just eating carbs so my first suggestion would be to educate yourself on what protein sources are which is higher in protein mm. and lower in carbs and just sort of make a map in your head that these are all the options i have available and kind of distribute them into your day so at breakfast i could have if i'm a vegetarian i could have like let's say a moong dal chilla with paneer or oats with some fruit of course it would not be as high protein a meal as a non vegetarian counterpart could have but that's okay mm. i would definitely suggest getting in a protein supplement if you can't meet your protein needs uh like whey protein right like a whey protein or a plant protein whatever you're comfortable with there's there's a big Uh, fear of like oh my god if i have a protein supplement i'll hurt my kidney i'll lose my hair my body will not be able to handle it this that is like a lot of uh, misinformation about protein supplements so this is something that i actually have because a doctor has told me do not have whey protein because you will lose your hair yeah yeah so but do you have a specific health condition no i am just losing my hair that's my condition so yeah i i don't know why he would think that protein would make you lose your hair because you're still eating protein like a, a whey protein so like you can have you can have as many eggs as you want but like plant protein what are my options though there are many there's like in india i think there's ace blend there's ulena there's plix which is a new brand which has come up many plant protein options i think even my protein serves up plant protein in my opinion plant protein tastes disgusting okay, okay. like whey protein is a way way yummier version but some people can't handle it digested well some people can't have it because they're vegan for ethical reasons mm. so the plant protein is a less yummier but equally good option in terms of actual nutrition so plant. for okay so for vegetarians then what's the protein option like both they are after having no other than those two like after having oh. debunked the dal myth which i i was okay. still under the <laughs> impression that <laughs> dal was protein rich but yeah what 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 could like a prospective like diet be so, for anyone um, who is trying to be healthy paneer low fat paneer greek yogurt tofu soya 
so i mean for vegetarians it's also like which is why i feel like working with someone to understand this is better because i feel like they they give you perspective like 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 how like we're running a nutrition program right now through 303 just started on last sunday it's a five week program so we're working with about 20 21 people so we have like a, on the first day we do like a seminar where like for one and a half hours we go over all these concepts like we teach right. them about everything and then through every week you have like an personal feedback call 15 minutes with your coach and you have like an entire tracking sheet that you're filling through the week which is where we educate you and are able to help you make better choices for your particular life because your life is different from someone else's life and what i'm suggesting to them may not work for you like there are people who eat eggs but they can only boil the eggs at home and there are people who don't eat eggs but they want to eat chicken and like you know very yeah, specific yeah, yeah. needs it's very e- easy to give feedback if like i'm working with person one on one and the mm-hmm. idea is to educate you enough so that eventually you don't need me and you can do this on your own mm-hmm. that's awesome um and just can you talk about macros for a quick second because i don't think we touched on that sure. as well uh it'd be hard to do macros quick but i'll i'll try right okay. so macronutrients there are two three main ones and then you have your micronutrients as well so mm. in the macronutrients you have your carbohydrates you have your fat and you have your protein um roughly like like uh, this is um the zone diet which is basically like a general recommendation for the world they usually prescribe that if you to split the three you could go for like 40 30 30 like 40% carbs, 30% protein and 30% fat. In terms of uh your calories. So for example if I'm eating 2000 calories a day, 40% mm. of that should come from uh carbs, 30 from protein and 30 from fat. Got it. But of course, this guideline is a very general like like any other guideline has outliers doesn't match everyone. Sure. So if you are someone who has been lean your whole life and like just struggle with gaining weight, mm. you would have to tweak that a bit. so you would have to make carbs higher and mm. fat a little bit lower if the or the other end of the spectrum someone who's always just been overweight and struggling to lose weight and has a lot of other hormonal other health issues mm. you have to maybe go the other way so increase your fat and reduce your carbs mm. so there's a that 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 specific tailoring i can only give once of course i've spoken to the person and Depends know what they like yeah 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 but like that split would make it easier so for example let's look at it like this let's say i am my body let's say is burning hypothetically 2000 calories every day mm. even if i'm resting so let's say i have been nothing all day and my my body is burning 2000 calories just by um, alive. just staying alive let's say mm. let's say i but let's say i work out every day a little bit mm. and so it's burning an additional 300 this is not actually accurate for me i'm just giving numbers sure 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 so Yeah, so let's say I I work out every day and I'm burning roughly two three hundred calories every day when I work out. So that's an added three hundred calories. Plus, of course, if I'm walking around or had an active day, a few more calories are added. Now, if I want to lose weight, I have to eat less than how much I'm burning. So let's say if I'm burning roughly two thousand four hundred, two thousand five hundred, I have to eat maybe two thousand one hundred, two thousand two hundred calories consistently for a couple of weeks till I'm able to lose that weight that I want to lose. So theoretically, if I just basically ate like chocolates worth two thousand calories, I would still mm. lose weight, mm. right? But so a lot of people say this, like they're like, so why can't I just eat like cake worth that yeah. many calories and eat nothing else? So first of all, the thing with that is that it's impossible to do, right? Like, is it? It's very rare that you can eat chocolates worth two thousand calories and actually be full from it, right? Mm. You're probably going to get hungry again because your body is not satisfied in a lot of ways that it needs to be. And secondly. 
the macro contribution so this how much percentage is coming from each macro determines your body composition so your body composition you mean the your how much your muscle fat percentage and how much and the muscle percentage mm-hmm. yeah so fat and muscle in my body so if i theoretically just ate a, like a dairy milk or a burger diet for like weeks at an end eventually mm-hmm. i would lose muscle mass gain a lot of fat so my body weight might go down but i would not necessarily look better mm mm-hmm. mm which is where macros basically play a very important role so okay i mean that that's all really helpful in terms of kind of you know drawing a mental picture of what are the kind of levers you can pull to talk about physical fitness in that way in terms of eating right and then even being aware of um what what kind of workouts you do now take into consideration or take into account someone who's just trying to be mindful of being healthy let's say is there any kind of um systems that you would suggest to be able to keep, be on top of that stuff because it's so difficult to even know what the composition of food is right you know like what are the macros that i'm putting into my mouth and you can be you can be good about it for like a week or two weeks and even i've been where i'm tracking my meals and stuff like but it's going to break down after two weeks for sure that motivation to always be on top of diet and exercise is it it goes to a certain point and then crashes and burns so i guess the question over here is around systems versus goals and do you have any like ways of thinking about it or tips to stay okay. so first of all like i'll just pick out on one word that you said which is something that all fitness professionals would because i think we've dealt with enough people who come on come up with this question is it's never about motivation So if you're relying on motivation to stay fit and healthy it's not going to work. Not going to. Okay? Because motivation is going to die. Mm. It's going to be there for two weeks, so say two days, maybe a week and then mm. it's gone. Mm. So the important thing is to build habits and obviously to know the understanding behind why you're building that habit. Mm. So like your first question was um let's say I've been tracking my food for a while. Mm. And uh and I just I've stopped tracking. So how do I get myself to track again? The question is that are you does it matter whether you're tracking your food or not or do you want to just make sure you eat healthy so the tracking the food is not the end goal the end goal is to eat well the tracking the food is a means mm. maybe that means that something that doesn't fit in my life regularly like i i remember that phase when this is before i opened my own crossfit gym and i i just got into fitness and health i was in the same place like i was educating myself about like nutrition and like i started using my fitness pal the app to like track my macros and i went crazy like crazy mm. means like i was super into it like making sure that my calorie burn is always higher than what i'm eating at home like my whole family is eating something else but i'm like no boil my vegetables separately because i need to weigh it properly and do that i was yeah, doing yeah, that right yeah. okay. and i think that that's i think that's a very important part of everyone's fitness journey i feel like you it's important to go through that education period of like constantly weighing and measuring things just so you learn more just so you understand mm. Like for example, if someone never googled dal and they never googled the nutrition of dal, they would never even realize that the carbs are higher and the protein is actually low. Mm-hmm. You you usually just look at someone else's picture which they put up on Instagram, like some fitness influencers put up high source of protein. You're like, oh, they've said dal is like cool. I'll have dal. You know, yeah, exactly. you don't take the time out. So I feel like the self education process is very important, but at some point we need to let that process go and move on to something little more convenient to our lives. So I'm like okay roughly I know one bowl is this much and this much rice is these many carbs and this much vegetable I need to eat 
so it teaches you enough that you can eventually once you're comfortable let go of that plus you don't want to be that person who's always out for dinner and your head will be like oh shit oh shit there's too many calories oh my god i've already gone over my calorie allowance i can't eat this i i know i went through that phase yeah and it made me a little bit like manic like i was just like constantly worried that i'm overeating my calories it makes you so anxious and it makes you so like i want to control this aspect of it so which is why i don't think that necessarily always doing everything perfectly is important but you need to ask yourself okay i'm doing this to eat healthy now i've learned these foods are good for me these foods are not so good for me that does not mean that i will not eat the not so good foods like for example if you like pizza you should eat pizza please don't be those people who just like i'm not going to touch pizza for like 5 6 years i feel like that's an unhealthy relationship with food because you're constantly like thinking about it and then you go into this phase where you binge eat because you've denied yourself this joy for so long it, we have to accept that we live in a world where we're surrounded by processed foods we're constantly sitting in our seats we're sedentary so we we can't go from one end of the spectrum to the other end and then feel happy there you're not going to feel happy there so like so i, I read this book very recently uh, atomic habits mm-hmm. and i feel like he puts it so well like that don't make habits so hard that you fail and you're like screw it, i don't want to do this anymore yeah like i remember my my neighbor was telling me this recently she was like um she when she wanted to start working out she made this goal that she's going to and she was not working out at all huh? she made this goal that she's going to work out at 6 a.m. every day like i don't know why people do that like i don't know why this thing comes in that i have to work out at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. yeah dude i'm a fitness professional i own a gym i still don't want to work out at 6 a.m. like screw that like my sleep is too important so um she would do that and she kept failing she kept failing and then eventually of course she decided to go for like an evening workout and she mm. did that and it worked well for her so yeah. i feel like we we sometimes unnecessarily make our goals too hard like we want to go from 0 to 100 in one day instead of going to 50 spending some time there being like okay cool this is cool i can do this now let's try to go 55 mm-hmm. so instead of going from zero workouts a week to seven workouts a week go from zero to two and just do two workouts every week for one whole year <laughs> when you've hit that habit amazingly mm-hmm. then be like okay now i'm going to crank this up a notch and maybe make it three days and so like consistency is key it's everything so don't go crazy with trying to build the perfect habits like pick a small habit be at it and then maybe add a new one yeah totally yeah this uh, atomic habits is a great book um yeah. then i want to touch on something that you mentioned earlier in terms of sleep and you kind of alluded it to it now as well and you mentioned 8 to 9 hours is there some sort of reason yeah behind that as well okay so i think that sleep is super duper important like if i would say i would say that nutrition is like the crux of it mm. nutrition and sleep go hand in hand to the point that i would say it's even more important than exercise mm. so many people are so happy that you said that right now <laughs> really really so like i've seen so like i was just talking to a client of mine and she was telling me that she sleeps at 3 a.m. every day and she wakes up at 9 am every day so she's sleeping about 6 hours she has a she's a mom she's a kid right and like and she, i just started working with her on her nutrition like we literally just started last week so i've not had my feedback call with her yet but this is something i want to discuss with her but i'm just like there's so much benefit if you just got in 2 to 3 hours more of sleep it's crazy so firstly firstly i'm sure we've all noticed this like on a day that you've not slept enough 
like you're constantly groggy you're just not productive enough and you're just constantly irritable mm. right like you just you're not able to do work as well as you would have normally for me especially i know i'm super sleep sensitive like i really can't function i me become too. like a horrible yeah. person at work sometimes yeah secondly um your hormones like um so the uh, i think it's the hormone ghrelin it's called right uh that kicks in which makes you constantly hungry when you've not slept enough so you always like your your natural instinct is to reach out for something snacky something high fat high carb so you're like i want some chips i want some pizza i want some cake you're looking for everything that's wrong and this will happen consistently repeatedly on the days you don't sleep well as opposed to the days you sleep well the days your body is rested is much easier to make better decisions so um if someone call, one of my members comes to my 6 am class and he messages me saying i didn't sleep well should i still work out i'm like no no go back please sleep in there's no need to work out if you work out you stress your body more your body go through in fact it damage your body more you'd mm-hmm. rather sleep than work out mm-hmm. and i found that like my recovery when i like recently i've like i've developed like a little bit of a sleep routine so like my my thing is that like i like i tried all different things to see what makes my sleep the best and the routine that i found that works for me is that if i know that i want to be asleep by 12 hmm. i have to stop netflix at 11 like it cannot be on after yeah like i cannot be watching netflix till 11:45 then put off the screen be like okay now i want to just fall asleep in the screen as it doesn't work so i first of all started doing that putting off netflix earlier and a lot of people say you shouldn't be reading too but i find it too hard to do nothing so i think we could all read so i started, i switched to reading so for like right before bed for a while like 30 45 minutes i read Hmm. and then when i read and i fall asleep like and then i use like this app called headspace for meditation hmm. Hmm. so they have a sleep meditation section so i use like one of their sleep meditation techniques like wind down or something hmm. for 10 15 minutes i use that to sleep and then i wake up in the morning straight and i have been sleeping incredibly like i was someone who used to consistently sleep 6 to 6 and a half hours and hmm. this whole lockdown i've been sleeping 7 to 8 and a half hours consistently and it's like it's i feel amazing that's awesome you use the paid version of the app yeah i use the paid version of the app i feel like it's very affordable in india it's like i think 1000 bucks for the whole year and i'm like that's that's an easy investment for me like i don't have to yeah. think about it and you mentioned atomic habits you mentioned the seven habits of highly effective people um do you have any uh, any other books that you might recommend or any other sources of learning that you turn to okay so um i feel like for fitness and nutrition of first uh more than books now they get like youtube or this whole learning world like online learning world which is crazy like you can just go crazy with the amount of things that there are and i unfortunately am not big on youtube videos or podcasts like i'm not someone who easily enjoys watching and reading i'm more mm. of like a i like like a like a method learning properly processed thing as opposed to something just random watch videos i don't necessarily love it so mm. which is why like for my for like crossfit like there are they have the crossfit level 1 level 2 level 3 level 4 right so to start being a crossfit coach you can just do the level 1 mm. and you can just start off but like i want to learn more but at the same time i don't like just a vague sense of learning where there's no accountability as to whether i've learned enough or do i need to do more Hmm. So I did my level two and I did my level three. What What are the level signifying? Sure. So level one is a very simple level actually. 
you come in for a two day seminar they go over the basic foundational movements they go over some concepts about nutrition health very like surface level stuff at the end mm-hmm. of day two you give a one hour exam it's an mcq exam and if you pass it you're a level 1 trainer mm-hmm. but level 2 is more about the coaching bit so now you can only attempt the level 2 like you, you can only attend a level 2 seminar after you i think accrued like maybe some 500 or 1000 hours of coaching because you have to have mm-hmm. some level of experience and then you come in and this is a more practical two day seminar where they like make you actually coach people in front of them i mean of course some of the best trainers in the world are watching you and then they give you feedback on like what you could have done better or what you need to plan better it happens worldwide you can do it anywhere but i wanted to make mm. a holiday of it so i did it in paris so i went to paris alone and i did this two day mm. seminar and then two days i was just like on my own with my own thing chilling nice. yeah just chilling so uh, i did my level 2 there and i feel like it was a real eye opener like i did not like the level 1 so much like a lot of people love it but i was just like uh, i don't feel like i learned much but the level 2 was like oh wow like i didn't even know i could do those things like i didn't even think about it you know someone else taught me yeah, this yeah yeah so it was a big change in the way i coached my classes and the way i planned stuff and then the level 3 is no seminar it's just um i think like 100 articles online that all like an entire syllabus that the crossfit organization has created you have to study all of those and you have to mm. apply it because then it's like it's called almost like an sat exam so it's like a 4 hour long exam okay and it's like a lot of questions and like i think everyone i know who's attempted it had failed first attempt so i was like i was like oh shit this is going to be really hard but like i'm a nerd in terms of like if i have to study for an exam i'm super serious about it mm-hmm. so like i genuinely studied really hard to the point that i remember one week before the exam someone asked me how will you feel if you fail mm-hmm. and i was like you know it sounds like i'm trying to be like uh, making making it sound really rosy but like genuinely even if i failed of course i'll reattempt and want to pass it again mm. i still feel like i've learned so much just by reading all this like it's mm. increased my education as a trainer to an insane level mm-hmm. and i passed on my first attempt so that nice. worked out well exactly. for me yeah but um and that was a game changer because i feel like also in india there are like maybe six or seven level 3 trainers nobody has done that okay okay the very yeah like i think i'm maybe the only girl also i don't think there any other female level 3 Damn. So yeah, so it's a very it's a very pretty prestigious uh, level to clear. So I really enjoyed that. And then for nutrition, I've only done my precision nutrition level one till now. And the level two, they don't. It's not an ongoing course. Any time you feel like join a particular time. So I think the next one is coming in October. Mm. So that one is super. Like the first one was more like an online study yourself and just diff test kind of thing. I think the second one you're actually working with coaches one on one where they. see what kind of advice you give when they give you feedback and stuff like that so i'm super interested in doing that because i feel like i found that i really love nutrition and learning and studying more about it mm. so that's something i'm looking to do because i feel like it really helps nutrition so and of course on youtube and uh, st- uh, like spotify and stuff there are like lot of like crossfit and fitness experts giving out podcasts once in a while if someone shares something i do listen to them like if mm. i find it really interesting but i don't always cuz i i don't have the attention span to like listen to something for very long mm. and um uh, ironic cuz i'm doing this podcast right mm-hmm. and um, yeah and then for a general philosophy in life like uh, i'm just trying to think of which books i love i feel like uh, the two i mentioned are the two one that that really stuck with me which is why i easily mentioned so that was great i also like there's a 
um, CrossFit coach and gym owner like me, but of course much bigger and much more successful in that sense, much older also. Ben Bergeron, like he's based in the states in uh, Boston, and he owns like a very famous CrossFit gym and stuff. Okay. And he has a series of podcasts that he does, which he calls Chasing Excellence. Okay. Like he's like he so he's a super like um I feel like self aware and like very balanced guy. Like he has wife and like five kids and like mm-hmm. runs a CrossFit gym, trains some of the best athletes in the world. So getting his perspective on like how he looks at life and like his value system is so strong. So I love like he he's the only person whose podcast I listen to because I feel like. First of all, it's very relatable for me because his his life of owning a gym is very similar to my life, and like I feel like it gives me a lot of perspective as to the mistakes that he's made, but I could learn from them and not make them because he shares all yeah. that. So that's another learning experience as a CrossFit coach for me. But that's about it. So yeah, like I just like doing courses which I think are very specific to my needs. Yeah, that's super cool. Have you ever gone down? Then the biological route of actually getting blood tested and bones, like you know, all that kind of. Testing. You mean like I talk about like the what's it called the uh, genetic. Uh, genetic testing also, yeah, 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 genetic testing, yeah. but generally like blood tests or like you know. No, I think blood tests are very important. So I definitely do it at least once in eight year, eight months to a year. I definitely do it because I feel like it's very hard to like sometimes like, you know you are. Eating super well, training really well, but just not recovering, and you're just like, "What the hell is happening to my yeah. body?" Like, I'm doing do everything. You, do you track specific things with your blood tests, or are you just doing like a? So definitely, I think B three and B twelve levels are two things that people should be tracking consistently. Hmm. Okay, the vitamin D three because I feel like that really can impact your bone structure and stuff long term, and just generally with your recovery and stuff, you'll feel miserable. Hmm. Um. So, and I and as a most people. Tend to be low on B three because mm. how much do we really go out in the sun? Mm. So I think that's very important to supplement. And the second thing is of course B twelve. But like I've been vegetarian, non vegetarian, vegetarian, non vegetarian in my life because I mm. live in a vegetarian family, but I do eat meat mm. from time to time. So I definitely feel like after eating non veg food, I feel like my B twelve level has just shot up very easily. Like it's not, it's not been. I've never really been deficient in it anymore. But I used to be when I was vegetarian. Okay. So those are the two things that I definitely track. Mm. And um, of course, otherwise, like generally, my like CBC, so complete blood count, just making sure that everything is in place, my cholesterol and stuff, like all the usual like things. And I think it's just a good indicator to make sure nothing is going wrong, nothing is out of your control. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember having a client who did a blood test, and his D uh, three levels and stuff were so low, and he was having crazy joint pain. And his doctor was just like. It's so low right now that you need to stop working out. Like you need to mm-hmm. stop working out right now. Take shots immediately. Focus on your health and like uh, just do kind of physio work for a very long time. When you're able to really bring these levels up, then go back to like impact training. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a very important thing if you want to avoid major issues health wise long term. That's awesome. Uh, then, wow, <laughs> there's so much I can actually just keep asking questions as well. Um. Do you have any like common questions, like you know the stuff like people ask all the time? You're like, ah, okay, this again. Let me tell you how it is, kind of thing. Um, like in our maybe in our in our friend circle with maybe like working out or with um with nutrition. Is there any like common misconceptions that you find yourself? So two friends we have in common. 
both uh, messaged me recently because they've been working out with my like my gym online classes they've been doing them okay so they both messaged me asking the pretty much the same thing like i don't i don't know if they, either of them knew that they had messaged me but they were just like um, oh you know uh, i'm loving the classes and i'm really enjoying them and i feel my body changing and i'm getting fitter but my num- my weight is not changing on the weight scale mm. or like the other person was like my my legs seem a little bigger like my clothes feel tighter so is mm. that a good thing or a bad thing mm. so i feel like i think there's a lot of things that you need to think about like for example first of all weight loss is like the weighing scale can change for a lot of reasons and especially if it's just something like 1 kg a lot of things can affect that 1 kg mm-hmm. could be water retention you could be getting your period you could have some hormonal issue going on right now or uh, you could have just eaten a lot of carbs last night so the yeah. water retention is higher right now and you check your weight so it shows 1 kg heavier you could have genuinely overeaten and actually gained weight so it can be anything right mm-hmm. so just because you're working out doesn't mean it's a free pass to eat whatever you feel like so yeah. you just will watch what you eat and um so i feel like there's definitely a big concern from girls especially about like the weight scale moving a particular way or the clothes and the body looking a particular way Mm. So I think that that is it. It completely comes down to your personal goals and like what you prioritize more, and and there's no judgment there. It's completely okay. Like everybody's life is different. What we all want from our bodies is different. So like I'm not just a trainer. Like I was also like competing athletically in CrossFit for like the last couple of years. So for me, it was not so important if I got more jacked. It was important that I train like I could train better, and I was actually fitter and I was actually being able to move faster. If those things were happening, that was a bigger problem for me than my uh, pants being a little tight. Right. But like for my other friend, that's not a concern. She's not an athlete. She mm. just wants to look good in her clothes and enjoy her workouts. So I can't ask her to have the same kind of outlook as me. So if she doesn't want that, then I have to give her advice that will change that. Awesome. I think I'm out of questions, man. Yeah, I think uh, we spoke about a lot. Awesome. Cool. So thank you so much. I'm going to let you go. Thank you for having me. Bye. There you go. I hope you found that useful and informative. Just quickly, the books that we mentioned were Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey and Atomic Habits by James Clear. Another book that Neha mentioned after we stopped recording is The Art of Man Making. which is a collection of short talks based on the bhagavad gita for those interested the meditation app neha uses is headspace which has a free and a paid version you can find neha on instagram at neha_agarwal2 which is neha n e h a a g a r w a l l a and then the number 2 personally this episode stood out from the previous ones since this was all about health which is something that i've struggled to achieve any consistency with so far i think the entire discussion on nutrition was really on point because you can literally take something away from it today and start thinking about food in a few different ways uh to that measure i'd suggest reading up about macros or food macronutrients and google is your friend there we spoke about neha's role as an instagram influencer and related to that mental and spiritual health If you were interested in the bit about the importance of sleep, I'd suggest checking out Joe Rogan's podcast with Matthew Walker. Uh, so Matthew Walker is the director of UC Berkeley's Center for Human Sleep Science and the author of the book Why We Sleep. 
thank you so much for listening again uh, i will be back with a new episode of a little life very soon take care